0: Howdy, folks. I'm Rob Lee from Mastermind Teams Robcast, and this is not that. This is an episode of Getting to the Truth in this art. And today, I have the esteemed pleasure of welcoming um, performer Kinky Slippers to the show. So, thank you for joining. <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's great. I I think I checked you out um, on like. Maybe Instagram through one of my like followers here in a local like burlesque community or what have you, and definitely checked you out last week on the um, sanctuary like videos like okay, this, <laughs> this this was very much a good idea, Rob. Uh, so
1: good, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Um, so I want to learn a little bit more about your background, and um, let's let's share it. What, what's, what's your background? Tell us about your background as a performer, as a creator, um, and where you're at. This will be the um, the first episode of this podcast that's not had someone that's in the DMV, the Baltimore, D.C. area. Mm -hmm. So you're a first for us. So I want to thank you again in that regard. Um, But yeah, tell us about yourself.
1: Awesome. That's exciting, especially like coming from Maine. I'm not usually a first for anything. (laughs) Or if I'm the first, it's the first in Maine. Um, But yeah, um, I've been doing burlesque for almost 10 years now, which is crazy. Um, But in Portland, Maine. So it's a, a lot different than somebody who's maybe doing it out in Seattle or a bigger city where it's more established. Like I've seen the scene change quite a bit. So um, yeah, so I've been doing it for a while, but I didn't actually really have any dance background before that. Like I did, I did some belly dancing before that um, just kind of for fun. Um, And then before that I was actually a music performance major, um, but had like a you know, early twenties had like that quarter life crisis and like fell out of doing music and, but it, you know, it was my entire life. So like losing that was like a big chunk of like, uh, my creative outlet and my persona and like who I identify as was always like a music person. And suddenly I wasn't doing that anymore. So burlesque was like my way of like finding, you know, re, re, uh, finding myself and figuring out what I want to (laughs) do.
0: It was some uh, good music choices in your in your playlist. I, I recall some uh, some muse and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen like booty shaking to muse. So I'm here for it. Uh, I'm here for that. Uh, I was like, let me request newborn. Let's do it, man.
1: Yeah. That's what I love about burlesque is that you can booty shake to literally anything you want.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, So you, you touched on a little bit, I think, but if you can delve deeper, um what was like some of your inspiration, I guess, to get into, to burlesque?
1: Um, well, so I always was really into, um, uh, like a lot of the pinup aesthetic, um, like Betty page, um, and Dita Von Teese, who was probably the only like mainstream burlesque performer, um, at least at the time when I was first getting into it, um, and had, a, you know, myself a limited scope of what the burlesque world was like. Um, But yeah, I kind of, I just, I'm the kind of person that like, I get really into something and then I just like go balls deep into it. (laughs) So I just was like, this looks really cool and I really want to do this. So I like researched places, um, saw some really cool classes that were all in Portland, Oregon. Um, But I found like one class that was in Portland, Maine. Um, And so I went and then at that one class that I took, she was, the teacher was like, oh, we're doing auditions for this burlesque troupe uh like next week and I was like okay I'm gonna do it like you know worst case scenario I don't get in and then I just audition next time so
0: (laughs) that's cool that's really cool um so could you describe your maybe first time I guess maybe I guess first time in class and maybe your first time performing in front of like a a group of people like how is how is that like because I get as a podcaster. I've been doing this like eleven years, and in doing it in front of people, sometimes I'm like, "Okay, this (laughs) joke is not going to land. I know (laughs) this is not going to land," or it's like someone's going to throw a tomato at me. I feel like that's going to happen here. Um, So, how was your like like first time like getting out there? It's like, okay, I'm not as flexible as I thought I would be, or whatever the the situation was, and that first time doing maybe this what you've learned in front of like an, an audience.
1: Um, honestly, it felt really good, especially because, um, at least how I was introduced into the burlesque world, it was, it was really inclusive and, um, creates a space for any bodies and shapes. Um, it's not always like that, but um, when I first got in, it was like a welcoming environment. Um, so it, it was great, especially like, you know, having left the music scene and finding something new, it was definitely, um, helping me come back to that, like, positive feeling of having a place of where you're at being able to like express some creativity that's quite it's it's interesting too though because there's definitely like there's a lot of different aspects of burlesque where there's different ways that you can be performing or adding different flavors to it and then also like performing in front of a multitude of audiences that like uh, i feel like there's a, a a few different firsts. Like I had my first performance, but then there's also like my first time performing in front of a crowd that is not welcoming and doesn't want to see me. Or <laughs> talk,
0: talk about that. We're talking like, oh, uh, <laughs> you had tomatoes thrown at you, I see, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably the first, I mean, I've, I've done it a few times, but the first time I ever did it was the, <laughs> the worst experience I had where I was dancing with a burlesque troupe, um that I'd co-founded called Stripwreck Burlesque. And we were um Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um uh, but yeah, so we were uh hired to do this gig for um I can't remember exactly what they were like a bowling league that was having their like anniversary or something. Um so they invited us to come perform at this like event that they were having. Um and I could tell there was something off because as soon as we came in the door. This guy came, the guy who had hired us came running over and was like, No, 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 you're a surprise. Uh, You have to come into the back door. And I was (laughs) like, You know, like, (laughs) this could, (laughs) yeah, burlesque as a surprise is not always a good thing. (laughs) It's, (sighs) I mean, like, if it's somebody who enjoys the art and has seen it before, then it's great. But if they haven't, uh, and in this situation, they hadn't, and they did not want us there. And it's like so hard to perform for somebody when you're like, like, they don't want you there. And you don't really want to be there, but you've already been paid.
0: (laughs) Right. It's like, I think like you almost have to have an audience. I always look at things from like, in my performance stuff, it's been in the comedy clubs and stuff like that. And I always think of like the idea of hecklers. And it's just like almost that kind of vibe. Like if you're here and you're not here to enjoy what's happening and you're least invested in it, then you're not going to have a good time because, you know, the performer is going to do what the performer's doing because that's what they're there to do. And yeah. if you're just there to kind of like either shit on it or just actively dislike it, one, you suck. Two, uh, it's not going to go well.
1: Yeah, no, and it's, it's hard. It's especially with live performance, you feed off of that energy. And so if it's a negative energy, or even sometimes, especially in main, like main audiences are known for being really quiet and non-responsive, which is like, in burlesque, you're supposed to hoot and holler and like, give some feedback while the show is going on. So there've been times even where like, I didn't feel great about the performance because there was such a lack of energy. And then I get off the stage and the audience members are like, oh my God, that was so amazing. I was like, why didn't you say anything then? It could have been better.
0: So it's, it's like, uh, what's the thing when they, they talk about like jazz that you have people that snapping or what have you, spoken yeah, about it. like, yeah. <laughs> like, I like, so I guess hubba hubba and auga is acceptable. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or something. <laughs> or, or even like, because um, I host more frequently now. I've started producing my own shows and hosting them. Um, and that's something where you need to have like some feedback or even like a little bit of like um, having that one heckler who you can at least like, you know, poke fun of and then uh, get the rest of the audience to be like yeah that guy's the worst <laughs> right.
0: so in terms of prepping because I've seen like a few things I've seen some of the videos you've done I think it was a uh, it's like this 305 kind of like fitness thing I saw and oh, yeah I, I thought that was really cool um so it kind of made me think like in this question so in terms of preparation for a performance like what do you do from whether it be uh, like i'm going to do my own costume i'm going I'm to do that because i would assume that some people kind of make their own do you do that and what kind of i'm sure they're stretching you know maybe a 10 mile <laughs> run or something i don't know what do you do to get uh ready for your performances
1: um it depends on the show um definitely a lot of like making my own costumes um but for sure like I've been trying to step up the costumes. It's like, you make a costume once, but if you are not constantly adding more rhinestones to it, uh, <laughs> then what are you doing? I did. Uh, yeah. So that's, like, the week before a show, I'm always, like, retouching costumes and trying to make sure I've got everything set. Um, and, yeah, it's stretching, but, like, unfortunately... It, Uh, I feel I find lately for myself, I've been at a lot of venues that like have no backstage, like the backstage area is literally a hallway, like, like up the stairs on the hallway, you're just like on a couple, (laughs) couple steps in there, like trying to put your clothes on. So there's not a lot of like options for stretching, which is rough um, on the body for sure yeah it's you know messaging people trying to get people to go to shows and checking in with the tech and making sure everything's like a okay and and then checking in with new performers too is a big thing and and making sure that they're like having a good experience and and have everything that they, you know, mentally need to have to be okay to get on stage and take their clothes off.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm all about that. (laughs) (laughs) So so Um, since we've been in this, this quarantine time, like how has that, not necessarily the performance piece, but how has burlesque changed for you? Um, I, 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 yeah, like, cause I guess his performance, I would imagine it changes a a lot because people, but how how has (laughs) it changed for you?
1: It's been, it's been a massive change for sure. I mean, obviously there's been a lot of uh, shows that were canceled. Um, And then also like concern for whether or not the venues are going to still going to be there for us to come back to after this. I know already one venue is closed. That was a a gig, you know, a gig that another producer that I know was, was going to have there regularly, but also just at least for myself, I think I'm one of the few performers in this area and, few producers in this area that's actually trying to do streaming shows so i've been trying to do some online streaming shows and a lot of it right now is is more cathartic than actually like a (laughs) performance is even just to like see my other performance friends like creating something and putting something out there like i had an open stage night last night um and it, it was just i i could tell even with some of the performances where maybe like a comedian or another performer wasn't quite on their game, but like you could tell they kind of need to like have this moment to like yeah. put something out there and have us respond to it, which is, is, you know, enjoyable to see. Um, yeah, that's, it's been a lot to like, and it, it's different too. And then the timeline is different. Like if you have like a show coming up, you're trying to like sell it months beforehand. But if you do that with online streaming, people forget about it instantly. So yes.
0: <laughs> i mean being, being that i've been online for forever i'll have people uh, hit me like man that was a great episode i was like you listened when
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and, and you know it's uh because like purely like that's part of research which feels weird i was like i'm looking at booty but i it's part of my research i was like i should at least see you perform albeit like through the, the sanctuary thing i was like i should at least see you perform before i just say let me have her on air,' and then you're like sucky burlesque person. About. I'm just like, oh, she's terrible. <laughs> what are you doing? And I was like, okay, I'm at least, you know, fine here because I've had, you know, since I've started like this podcast and, you know, kind of rooted in um, initially just kind of trying to dispel some of the misconceptions about like Baltimore and our art scene here. And I wanted to kind of expand upon it to kind of not purely be Baltimore, but have Baltimore as one of the main focuses, but extend to, to kind of cover like, you may be people who their art has had a misconception and I'll be very honest about it. I had a misconception about burlesque. Uh, My thing is like, where's the chase and can we cut to it? And that's kind of (laughs) not.
1: Yeah. um, yeah, That's the antithesis of burlesque for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just
0: like, man, what are we doing here? Like I appreciate you. I can't do that. I appreciate what you're doing and all of that. But like, so what are, what are we doing here, man? You know, that's where it was at. And I think over, like, the last few years, like, kind of having a more, a, a better appreciation of it and being more tiny glasses and scarves, like, being a guy that's, like, <laughs> yeah. observing art. Um, so what would you say some of the biggest misconceptions about burlesques are? And maybe what are the the lies, if you will, and what are the, like, the truths <laughs> in your experience about burlesque?
1: Um... I feel like when people try to talk about burlesque, they often talk about it in like absolutes of what it like has to be. Um, Or like, I often see this um, like people are always trying to compare burlesque with stripping, like uh, commercial stripping, which is like, they fall into a lot of pitfalls of like trashing on commercial stripping to like improve burlesque, which, which is like a is like negating a lot of the background that they both share um and and then there's also just shooting on sex workers which is is just not my cup of tea in general um so you know like trying to promote your your form of art as being higher because it's somehow classy um which is not so like dita von tees has a great quote where she says uh the difference between her and a commercial stripper is that she has more rhinestones (laughs) (laughs) which is really what it is like um you know, especially with this new wave of, of burlesque, there's a lot of, like, you have some classic performers, you have a lot of performers that are trying to push the boundaries, and, and you know, they have a lot of the same, same stuff that's going on in commercial stripping of, like, booty shaking and, and less tease. You know, there's, like, a, <laughs> the, the tease is, is sometimes great and sometimes, non you know, non-existent. Um, so there's that wide frame. But yeah, it's hard. There's, there's so much in burlesque and so many different forms of like, uh, sometimes people are trying to make a statement and sometimes people are just dancing just to dance on stage uh, and both are valid and fine. So it's, it's like odd to see people have these like absolutes.
0: Yeah, it can't be a, I think like, I, I, and, and not to kind of echo back to what I do, but I think art is art. Right. And yeah, you know, what I always run into, because you know, trying to commercialize what I do. You need to turn it into a business. Come up with a class and do a thing mm-hmm. on what the real podcast is, because I've been doing it for so long. And we we have a you know community here that's developing, but we're not really centralized really. And it's so, like, yeah, so what's the de facto the you know the ten things you do as a podcaster? I was like, what? I was like no. I was like, I talk about dicks and weird stuff on my podcast. I was like, I don't know if I'm qualified, but yeah, I appreciate it. Um so it's, it's kind of one of those things where like people have these ideas of absolutes. And I think with art, there aren't absolutes. It's just like, it's up to interpretation, which is the nature of everything. Yeah. thing. Um, weird experiences on here. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. I am into weird shit. I, I like less in weird <laughs> shit. So, um, what was your, the weirdest experience you've had at a show?
1: Um, that's a tough one. um, So I have an experience. It's not my direct experience, but it's definitely a weird one. Um, And I won't name names. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Just editing later, like, cut that out, cut that out. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, But uh, I used to dance with, uh, me and a friend of mine used to uh, perform at a venue that did weekly shows. Um, And the director there was um, you know, a little bit, uh, could be a, a little bit much sometimes. Um, but, uh, I ended up leaving and, uh, when I was talking to her, she had told me a story of, uh, it was, it was a show, a regular show at a restaurant and we had like, uh, our backstage area was, um, like a bit of a walk from the actual Stage, and so you had to walk through the kitchen and then get to the stage. Um, and the director didn't want us to be seen, like by any of the audience members, in our costumes, which is not like totally unheard of for performances. Um, but you, t- in order to get to the bathroom, you had to go through the kitchen. <laughs> and then pass the stage and then go through the audience and then get to the bathroom. Oh. So, yeah, it's a bit of a trek, so it's kind of impossible not to be seen in costume if you have to use the bathroom. Um, so after I'd left, what I'd heard from one of, the, one of the performers is that this director's solution was that they should pee in a bucket and then to dispose of it, they'd have to take it through the kitchen.
0: As you do. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I was like... I yeah i and i couldn't i couldn't believe it i was like i i would not have, i would have walked like then and i'm not yeah. a person that would normally walk but like that's so like demeaning
0: <laughs> yeah no abs- absolutely like i mean usually like going back to what you were saying earlier as far as like your preparation my preparation includes having space to move around because i'm six four like i'm a big dude so it's like oh you had this small little slow no, I'm going to knock one of these walls down so I can just have some space. Where's my drink? You know, I just go kind of diva, but I need space. (laughs) And it's just like, to your point, if it was one of those situations where it's demeaning and it's just like perform, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like we're, we're still people. We're still being very, um, I think vulnerable when we're going out there. And let alone, like, as you get, you know, potentially more nude and you have like a story that you're telling or whatever your, you know, art is. It it can be something that's on your mind and can definitely impact what you're doing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And especially in a space where you're, uh, you know, stripping in front of other people and and it's a a vulnerable act in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So it's and art in general is vulnerable. Like that's what makes it art. Um, So but I've seen so many directors that don't treat their performers with that respect or even that like. I don't know, sincerity when they're doing something that's so vulnerable, especially like beginners that are doing it for the first time. Um, And I find it crazy, especially like in Portland, Maine, there's not like a lot of money in this, you know, it seems like almost more understandable, even though it's shitty when people are doing it because they're making a lot of money. But like, nobody's making a lot of money and you're just treating people shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think, I think
0: you, I think you might end up being a host of this. Uh, You've, uh, you kind of segued into my next question. Um, What are the challenges you faced performing specifically where you're at or just overall? Um, And, and actually um, I guess pre, pre pre-question, are you
1: originally from
0: Maine?
1: Well, I, I, Yes and no. So I, I I like to say yes, but my family's from Queens, New York. So like I was born in Manhattan and we moved over here when I was little. So I've been here most of my life, but it, you know, you're not really a Mainer if you're not born and raised. So that, that's fair. So have you um, performed burlesque outside of Maine? A, a little bit, but not a lot.
0: Maine has been mostly where I perform. All right. Then still, but then my question is still good. Then I think, um, what are some of the challenges you, you face there and how have you overcome them?
1: Um, definitely the, it being a smaller area and burlesque not being, um, as big as it is. I mean, oftentimes like I I go to other places, like I went to a, the Vermont burlesque festival, um, and had somebody be like, oh, wow. Burlesque is, is, do they have burlesque in Maine? Like, yeah, actually, we have, like, a thriving scene where we have, like, multiple shows a week. It didn't used to be like that 10 years ago, though. It was, like, 10 years ago um, when I first started. um, It was, like, you were lucky to get a show where you were getting paid $30. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's funny to see some, like, newbies now who are, like, you know they're like beginner performers and they feel a little bit like hot that they're making money doing this, even though it's still like not a lot of money. I'm like, man, I remember when the scene was like, there was shows maybe every six months and you definitely were not making as much as you were spending on your costume. So.
0: I mean, that's like, you know, listening to people, like I've been involved in the, um, like, the the convention scene like mm-hmm. cosplay and so on and it's just like you guys are really into this you're spending a lot of money on what you're doing <laughs> yeah and, and it's like what do you do for a living like i'm a data analyst what do you do oh nothing <laughs> oh oh and just like seeing like how does that how does that work and even the the number you mentioned um i'm a big wrestling fan so looking at people who did like independent wrestling it's like yeah yeah i got a broken rib but you know i made 25 dollars tonight so <gasps> How? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? And this, this is like you know, our last couple of questions because so
1: I'm going to keep sure. it to the 30 minutes. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, time well, is money. No, no stress. I, I'm having a good time being here, so I appreciate it. Well,
0: that's great. Um, What advice would you give someone who's um who wants to to try burlesque, but they just get nervous? Like they're just stage fright.
1: You're going to get nervous. Like I get nervous before every show, especially if I'm, you know, when I used to perform in uh, Lewiston, Auburn, which is a small town, and we were the only burlesque performances happening there. So when I started coming back to Portland again and performing in the Portland area, like performing in front of my peers was was you know, even though I was performing every week in front of uh, other you know, a large audiences audiences that don't know burlesque, so it's always more frightening when you're in front of your peers. Um, but it's also it's honestly, it's always frightening. Like we always want to be putting our best selves out there. We always want to have a perfect performance and it's just not going to happen. You're not going to, you know, there's, there's something that there's always going to be something you can't quite account for, you know, like maybe somebody's loud in the back, just like not paying attention to the show and it throws off your game or there's something left on the stage. Like especially like the amount of things that are left on the stage at a burlesque show, like, the things that I list off for my students are like, there could be donuts, there could be lube, there could be glitter. Like, these are all things I've seen on a burlesque stage. So That sounds like a good weekend, actually, donuts, lube, glitter. <laughs> you just can't account for everything. So you have to just do it, is, is what I try to like push my students, is just go and perform and you know, breathe through it, do what you need to do to prep yourself and invite your friends who are going to support you and tell you that you're fucking awesome. Because um, it's a great experience, you know, even if you're not doing it for money, you're just doing it for the enjoyment. Like getting that feedback from the audience, you have to do it,
0: you know. I think, I think you've inspired me to do, dude burlesque or what have you put like one, like tassel on my tally. Boylesque.
1: Yeah. like uh, swir-
0: <laughs> Swivel the hips or whatever. Uh, so, um, and even on my nips. Uh, so uh, social media time, shameless plugs, where can he find you? All of that stuff. Um, hit me, just do the download.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram. I am on Twitter, though my following is minuscule because I've just figured out how to do the Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash kinky underscore slippers. I've got an OnlyFans. I teach classes, online streaming classes. And right now I'm teaching all my classes for for free, like by donation. Um, so I teach burlesque classes, the 305 fitness classes. Um, and occasionally I do have some streaming shows. So if you check me out, um, either at kinkyslippers.com or or uh, on Instagram at uh, kinky underscore slippers. That's where you can check me out.
0: Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely um, check her out. I, I am a fan, uh, and I, I dig what you're <laughs> doing, and thank you for making the time, and uh, you've been great. So. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank yeah. you for inviting me on the show. Uh, totally.
0: So um, for Kinky Slippers, this is Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in this Art saying that art is everywhere. You just have to look for it.